Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello, welcome to Okay-ish. As always, I'm your host, Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist and a very okay-ish human being. I'm laughing because today we have a special guest and the guest we have is actually here with me. So as I'm talking, he's just staring at me (laughs) and it feels very uncomfortable. But this month is... LGBTQ Awareness Month. It's also known as Pride Month. A lot of people are posting on social media about Pride Month. Usually there's a lot of different pride parades. I'm not sure what's going on this year with COVID. But my friend Trevor here is part of the LGBTQ community. And so I thought instead of me talking about this, he would be a better person to talk about LGBTQ awareness. So thanks for coming on, Trevor. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I so, at least hope that I'm qualified to talk about this. <laughs> well, I'm just excited to hear about your history and just your opinion on on some things. And so tell us, Trevor, so you are from upstate New York. What do you do for work? That is correct. I am a New York State licensed realtor. Fancy. Um, so I sell and help people buy houses. I'm also getting into my own kind of investment side of it where I will be flipping homes. So my dad and I have decided that we're going to flip our first home this summer. Oh my goodness. Very exciting. So. You can renovate my home whenever you want to. Sounds good. (laughs) So Trevor and I met because Trevor is actually dating one of my friends. And tell, tell me, Trevor, like when I asked you to do this episode, right, I was very much like, okay, you don't have to share anything. What do you feel comfortable sharing? What do you not feel comfortable sharing? That kind of thing. So can you tell us a little bit? And your response was, um, I'm blasting you for everyone. Your response was, oh, I'm an open book. I'll share whatever. Right. So tell me how that came to be. Because I imagine as someone part of the LGBTQ community, you haven't always been an open book. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that with us? Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, I'll say it's taken, you know, years of therapy (laughs) to become an open book. I would say that my background began in the performing arts. So I I think being part of you know, the performance industry and like the entertainment industry that just makes someone a little bit more open and, you know, some say dramatic, which kind of, you know, I just have learned it's best to be honest with oneself and others. That way, I mean, everyone's on the same page and that's how I feel I became an open book. So this is a huge stereotype and I know a big stereotype exists in the dramatic arts community. Like when you were younger and you were very involved in dramatic arts and dance, Mm -hmm. Trevor's Trevor's an amazing dancer. (laughs) Like did people assume that you were gay? Did people ask questions? Did you feel that stereotype at all? So I grew up in a one stoplight town. So That stereotype was very much alive and still is very much alive. Being in theater and go figure, my older brother was also gay. 
So both of us being from the same family, kind of the only gay people in our school at the time, opened the door for some bullying, let's yeah. say. So in high school, there was some like, you know, some some comments and things like that. And then as I kind of got into college and like kind of really got to be around a lot more diversity and really involved with people who, who were dedicated to dance, to to theater, I really was able to kind of open up and explore myself. And I think I kind of went to the extreme and was like, I'm ready to share me 100%. So I just kind of became an open book. And that's when you came out right in college? So yeah, my brother came out in high school and that's when the bullying started. So it kind of put me in the mindset that I was like, I'm going to wait till I'm not in this one stoplight town. And then in college, I came out right before I went to the University of Buffalo. And then, then I moved to New York City and you know, I let my freak flag fly. <laughs> That's great. And now when when your brother came out, he <clears throat> he experienced some bullying, unfortunately. Did your family help with that? Like, was he put in counseling? Like, were there resources? I don't remember too much from that. I think my brain did a very good job repressing a lot of high school for me, as I'm sure a lot of us, like, experience. I do remember he fell into some sort of depressive episode. And so there were some counselors involved, but it was a very kind of not talked about thing in my family. So definitely as I've gotten older and I've, you know, explored therapy and been able to dive deeper into some issues, my family has actually become a little bit more open. So my, my mom and dad have started, you know, engaging conversations more with us. And, you know, my dad and I finally have had a deep talk about like people asking if he has kids and if they're engaged and he doesn't know how to like tell them that they're gay. So I feel like my dad's become a lot more comfortable with it, which is incredible because I know a lot of people don't share the same experience. Yeah, that's incredible. So how do you mind? And I know you can't speak for every gay person but like in your experience do you mind people like your dad people like your mom or people who just may not understand or maybe in older generations do you mind if they ask you questions or say how would you explain this how would you describe this I mean I asked you the other day if you call your boyfriend your boyfriend or your partner like are, is asking those questions okay I think in the right setting definitely for me, at least, it's it's okay because I'd rather have an open conversation to, like, give the chance to educate someone on how, I don't know, like, how you should, you know, proceed yeah. and how you should, you know, think about things because it's always nice to have an opportunity to maybe change someone's mind. I, working in real estate in, in upstate New York, <clears throat> you find a lot of kind of more conservative, small-town-minded people who have asked me quite candidly like oh how does that work and things like that so like sometimes like in a professional setting is it the best probably <laughs> not but like definitely if you you have friends and you want to know more I think it's a mm -hmm. very you know everyone wants to be open and, and help someone learn so and have you have you had the experience of I know you probably don't want to talk about this so I'm sorry I'm kind of pulling up old wounds but have you had the experience of being discriminated against and being left out or things like that yeah I think a huge part I can say most recently one of the hardest things I've kind of dealt with was since kind of COVID-19 hit and my life kind of was you know shaken up a bit mm -hmm. and I moved back from New York City there was a huge part of me that was like do I have to edit who I've spent the last five years becoming? Like in New York City, it's amazing to see like so many people be 100% themselves. And coming upstate, I was like, I want to work in a business where you very much are 
it's all about relationships. And, you know, I did think a lot about like, how would someone perceive me and like how well would I do in, in, in the height of, you know, the past election and like coming to a small town and seeing like people with decked out political statements and things like that. It makes one very concerned about how can I be a hundred percent myself? So that's something I've struggled against since coming back home. But I think there's a point where it's like, if someone, you know, is going to say something like that's, that's what they have to say. And I go on my merry way. Well, and that's incredible. You told me a story with your last job that you mentioned your partner in your interview and, and the way you said it, and you can word this better than me, but the way you said it was something like, I wanted to get it out in the open so that if they were going to discriminate against me, I would know right then and there and then not take that job. Right. So I had met with the director of operations first and had mentioned the word partner and then kind of got into it about how I, I met him. And I think I used the word him and things like that. And then, so from that onset, I remember after saying that in the interview, thinking in my head, like, oh, crap, did I just like shoot myself in the foot? And like, was that too much too soon? Because like in New York City, it's very much like a very like it's it's a normal thing for me to be like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend or my partner and use the word him. And I said that and I was like, well, it's out in the open. And then I was like, you know what? My next interview was with the actual owner. And clearly the director of operations had spoken with the owner and had said, you know, he has a partner and they they both live in Rochester. And so they knew I was gay from the beginning. It was concerning because I knew that, you know, the owner was a bit religious. So like that was, could have gone either way. Thankfully, it worked out in the in my benefit where like they were very, you know, welcoming and open. So, so yeah, I mean, it's better for me, I think, to know upfront what I'm getting into as far as like someone's like a business's culture, especially upstate, I'm finding in the location, you know, than later. So... And so can you share experiences, if you can think of any, of when you have been discriminated against? Like this last job, you, you said that the owner was religious, but very open and accepting and a great culture. And so like, have there been experiences that you've had where they have not been? Fortunately, I think I've put myself in circles where I haven't had to deal with that as much i mean the only thing i can think of is like obviously like the bullying growing up and things like that which you deal with but i think i've been very fortunate to work with i'm trying to like think if there was ever a situation and i can't think of anything off the top which has been that's incredible which is fortunate for me but like not to say like i'll never experience one in my life you know so right right so I'm just wondering when you were in high school, when your brother came out when he was in high school, when you were in college and you, and you came out in college, were there resources that you got set up with? Were there support groups? Were there communities that you could get set up with? Or was that not really available? I would say it was not available. It sucks. My parents did the best they could. And I'm assuming most parents, I mean, I think most parents nowadays are set up a little bit better with like kind of social media and like how kind of the conversation has opened up in the last, you know, several years. So being in a small town, you know, there was the doctor and then there was a counselor. And that's all you know is when someone's sad, they just put my brother in counseling and I was mortified and I did not want to go through that. So I just kept my mouth shut. But like, no, there were no type of resources Mm -hmm. in the school, at least. And I mean, I even remember when I went to go see like the guidance counselor, when we were talking about college programs, I had said that I was interested in going to school for dance and theater. And that guidance counselor had nothing to offer me. The only thing she could tell me about is the school's athletics. And I was like, 
So you can't help me decide. Like, so there was literally nothing in my school that was any type of support. I didn't know of any friends that were out. I could have assumed, but like, you know, you can't, you can't assume. Right. So. Right. And so you, you mentioned that later you did get into therapy. Obviously I'm a therapist, so I care about that journey. (laughs) What, like what led you to actually getting into therapy and not being, you know, mortified to go to the the one town counselor? (laughs) Right. So I ended up not finding therapy much later after I graduated university. So I went to school for dance, which opened up the door for a lot of mental health issues for me. And I remember prior to me wanting to move to New York, I needed to figure some things out. So when I went to New York, like it wouldn't just eat me up and spit me back out. So that was kind of when my therapy journey started was much later after all this trauma had occurred. So I found a therapist in in Rochester in upstate New York. And I spent maybe eight months kind of getting into it. And then I found a therapist who I've had for the last four years in Brooklyn. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And was it important to you when looking for a therapist? Was it important to you that the therapist, you know, have some type of background in LGBTQ issues or not so much? Oh, 100%. I think it wasn't necessarily important for me to find, you know, a gay therapist or, you know, anything like that. I was just like, as long as I have some sort of insight and understanding of that. And I found that obviously in Rochester and then even more so in New York. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, can you tell me what Pride Month is all about? I mean, aside from awareness, which is huge, but. So yeah, I mean, I can speak for myself. I don't want to like generalize, but for me, I think Pride Month is kind of a recognition for one, oneself to, to, you know, reflect and and take pride in coming out and being who they are, being authentic to who they are. I don't necessarily mean it's like a gay, it's not like, oh, you know, like I'm not, I'm I'm gay. So like 100% pride. Like, I think it's a moment for people to really step forward and be like, I'm not afraid to be who I am. And I think what's nice is even more so over the last few years, I think for me, growing up and like kind of coming into my own and what it means to be gay and what it means to be part of this community. I think I really like lean into to pride month because it's, it's nice to remind myself of how far, you know, I've come with my journey and like, there are so many other people that struggle and like, it's just a moment to like open up the community and just be like, let's just remember it's great to be who you are. And I think, I mean, it's funny when you look at, you know, companies definitely amp up their marketing, but we won't get into that too much. <laughs> but I think it's nice to know that, like, it's a reminder that that we all have a voice and, like, it's okay to be yourself. So I, I think that for me, that's what Pride Month is, is a reminder to just spend a little bit more time, you know, in gratitude for that. Absolutely. And supporting each other. Right. And supporting each other. So how... Can people, so I have two questions. The first question is, I identify as heterosexual, but Mm -hmm. I have many homosexual friends. How can I, as someone not part of the LGBTQ community, be an ally and be a support of the community? I mean, I think it's just like supporting your, you know, LGBTQ friends, like with their endeavors, being there as a supportive friend making sure that like you know you create a safe space for them and that's something I try very much as if I meet anyone new regardless of their background I try to create a very safe space so people feel like they can be you know themselves so I think 
showing up in that way is great supporting them and i think also too like being a voice in those i think the biggest thing that we've learned over the last you know few years is like when someone says something that's wrong and you know that it's wrong like standing up and correcting it i think that's like the scariest part right that must be so scary and it sounds like you're speaking from experience yeah, like i think <laughs> it's a very important thing for I mean, even if you're talking about, I mean, my biggest thing is like the Black Lives Matter. Like the biggest thing is like when you know someone's saying something that's that's wrong, having the knowledge and to stand up and the courage to say like, hmm, you're wrong. And like, this is the facts and stuff like that. So I think having the courage to in those situations when you might not be around, you know, your LGBTQ plus friends the moment, that's like when I think someone's being the best ally is when they're helping educate others and like actually actively working to try to stop discrimination and stereotype and things like that. That's, that's fantastic. Sometimes I worry that I don't know all the lingo and by I worry, I mean, I definitely don't know all the lingo because I just don't, I'm not, I'm not good at social media and the internet. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. I don't know all the lingo. (laughs) I'm still finding like my partner will definitely be like, Trevor, you don't know what that is. And I'm like, no, (laughs) like, do I live under a rock? So I think there's a moment of humility, like, you know, just like, mm-hmm. so you learn, you learn along the way, but I think having the courage to stand up and start like kind of breaking down those stereotypes is like step one. Well, and the one thing I found with me not knowing all the lingo or not understanding something or having a question, like I have found that people respond really well. If I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I ask you this question? Like I first ask, can I ask you this question? Like, are you comfortable with me asking you this? And most often they'll say yes. And then I say, okay, can you explain this to me? Or can you explain what that's like? I don't know what that's like. I don't, I haven't yeah. experienced things that you've experienced. And, and really that's a good lesson for, you know, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like, definitely now that you say that, I'm like looking back at all of our conversations and you totally do that. You're like, wait, can I, is it okay if I ask you this? And I think it's great. And I think like that, you know, making sure people are comfortable is like step one in like most times you're right. People are willing to share their experience. Yeah. And that, that's incredible. So what do you, like, what would your advice be to people? Thankfully, you are in a place now where you're not immune by any means, but it sounds like you have, you know, family support and support from your partner's family and supportive friends. What would you say to people who don't have that? Yeah, that's a really hard, a really hard road I think it's it's you have to find support if anything I've learned in my like my experience like I'm at my worst when I feel lonely Mm -hmm. so like just reach out I mean there are plenty of great resources if you don't necessarily have friends like you know you can like the Trevor Project things like that and I think like finding those resources and like it may seem so crazy at the time or like that you won't be heard. But I think more than anything, like people need to know, like people are listening and there are people out there who will listen. And like, I think also to like removing yourself from the situation, I'm sure it can be incredibly scary. And like, I always kind of fall back onto this mantra that I learned in college where like, basically, so like 10 feet by 10 feet, you'll reach your destination. So like, that's kind of a thing for me that I kind of pull back and, and let it sit in for all parts of my life. Like, so if you're in a situation, it's like, 
you may not know what's coming next, but know that like what's happening right now is happening. And like the next 10 feet will be there and you'll figure it out because you've gotten thus far. So I just think that knowing that like people like how resilient you are Mm -hmm. and like really like honing in on that is important. However, you need to seek help, seek help and reach out, ask questions, ask for friend support. People are willing to listen. That's so great. And you are like the poster child for purposely putting yourself in environments that you know would support you and taking yourself out of environments that you know were not healthy for you, which is, that's hard to do. (laughs) That is hard to do. Yeah. It's definitely a journey for me. I will say most of my experience is putting myself in a work environments that aren't supportive. And that's a really hard thing because like that's your livelihood. So, so stepping out of that. And I think this past year has been a really big unknown for me starting, you know, trying to start my own business and like being a realtor and you kind of work on commission and things like that. So that's like, uh, yeah, cause you're being judged, right? Like part of your job as a real estate agent, like no matter who you are is you're being judged a little bit, right? Right. People are going to buy from you if they like you. (laughs) Right. So I've learned that the more I know myself and the more I just kind of know my skill set and like be, I know this sounds so corny, but like be myself, the more people are attracted to it. So I did spend a lot of time like trying to edit myself in work situations to be who I thought colleagues, who I thought clients, who I thought customers wanted to see. And like things just did not match up because like obviously like there was a discrepancy with who I was and like what I was putting out there. So, but yeah, I think we're moving. It's, it's like, you have to notice when something is not serving you. And I wholeheartedly know I will remove myself from a situation now if it's not working for me. And I don't care what the repercussions are. Like, You sound like someone who's been in a lot of therapy. (laughs) Once or twice. (laughs) I always joke about how people use like certain phrases when they've been in therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So for people who want to support Pride Month, do you have any, any like resources or things that they can do to support? Yeah. I mean, I know in our city, it's like hard because like obviously COVID is still very much a thing and we're all trying to do the best we can. I know that our local LGBT community is trying to kind of put together like, like smaller events. So I think like going, I'm sure each city, you know, has like their own, you know, resource for pride and things like that. So I'm sure if you just Google pride in the city, you can find like the resources you need. And I think just being out there and being supportive and showing up is like the big thing. And also remembering like kind of the history of pride, I think is the biggest thing too is, is, you know, it's not about just wearing a crop top and, you know, running around. It's, it's, especially if like you're an ally, just remember the gravity of the situation. And like, I think for everyone involved, remember like how far this community has come and who has pushed it thus far. So like know what you're celebrating. Oh, I love that. I love that because people can get caught up in the celebrations which, right. with with anything and, and kind of forget forget the, the purpose and the point and, and all the people who are still struggling because it's great that people who can run around and, and, and paint their face and yell and scream, like that's wonderful. But for every person that's doing that, there's someone who's afraid to talk and afraid to be themselves. So, right. so as long as you, you understand that, and I think just that's like the biggest part is creating that space so if you ever have the inkling that someone needs help reach out i love that yeah i love that reach out and what can you tell them that they are okay-ish 
Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.